G'day, this is Adam Peacock from Fox Sports. You're listening to the Shooting Zars World Cup podcast. Here comes Tim Cahill. Oh, what a response. Absolutely brilliant again from Mo Salah. Zidane. Oh, fantastic. A chance for Ronaldo. Of course he takes it. Only football can make you feel like this. The last window of opportunity for Germany to earn a victory here. Kroos will go for it and score! An inspirational moment from Tony Kroos. Yes, indeed, it was Tony Kroos with the last-minute winner last night for Germany over Sweden in a very, very tight game, boys. Alex Grant, Bryce Conway, hello to you, friends. Morning, Stu. Morning, mate. How are you? Good. Did we? Uh, what do we make of Germany getting the result, like all teams need to? They're back. They're going to win it. They're back. They're going to win it. <laughs> Is that the call? Are they favourites again <laughs> after that result? Look, oh. I think um, it was it was interesting to see uh, Ozil was left out of the squad. I think that's huge. So was Kadira. There was a couple of big yeah, changes there. I think um, Ozil was you know a bit of a spectator in that first game, so it was probably the right call. And he got Boateng sent off for two bookable offences as well. But they they really hung on there, and to get that that winner so late on with the classy Tony Cruz, credit to him. But you reckon the keeper should have done better for the goal? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I think to be fair, a lot of a lot of goalkeepers they. Um, they kind of moved towards like away from the near post, leaving that open. But he didn't. He stayed in the centre of the goal, and he, he kind of did himself. I don't know. Like <sighs> I don't think it didn't look like the best keeper keeping, did it? Best bit of goalkeeping. Surely he can't Both, be... both goalkeepers looked to they me as though really they played really well, well and there yeah. was some there was some great saves in the game. But yeah, it, oh, he must be gutted giving away a goal like that in the yeah ninety fifth minute. <laughs> and the the tackle that gave away the free kick. It was like Needless. a rather pointless one of those pointless fouls that I know you probably give away all the time but who Bryce Bryce <laughs> yeah. come on cut that out your game mate oh, no, i got to cut it out so i got to <laughs> get it better gotta, we all got to improve we do the clumsy tackle that players put in at the wrong time in the wrong spot instead of just not like dived in or whatever but yeah not good for uh, Sweden so Sweden now in an ominous position and Germany should get out of the group as we expect. Yeah, I mean, Sweden did get the three points in their opening game against South Korea thanks to a penalty for Berg but I just think yeah, it's it's going to be tough for those sides now. I think um, looks like Mexico and Germany might be the two teams to progress. Yes, so Germany have topped this bit of trivia. Germany have topped every group they've played in in a major tournament since 1990. Joachim Lowe has got Germany to a semi-final in every major tournament as manager. And Germany haven't progressed out of the group stage in a major tournament for 80 years. Jeez, they're just the kings of tournaments. Yeah. Very consistent. You'd obviously All expect them to beat Korea now, but... the the group's looking looking tasty. Yeah, I mean it it's it's up for anyone. It'd be great. I've got Korea in the in the sweepstake, and yeah. uh, it'd be great for them to pull through and knock the Germans out last game of the group. That'd be fantastic. That'd be a I'd huge result. They got a they had a, a stiff loss last night as well. Mexico beat them two one thanks to, I guess Mexico, getting the job done again. Alex, as you so predicted before the tournament started. Great shout I did. from you. They yeah. got beat to Croatia in the friendlies, and like I said last time, it was. Everyone thought they would have no chance, but they've played well now on two occasions, and they should progress quite well, easily. Well, they are going to progress. They're on six points with a goal difference of two. There you go. Yeah, Carlos Vela, Vela and Hernandez. Sport. Yeah, Hernandez, the little bit. I think um, at the moment there's not a more likable character in the World Cup. I think he's been showing his passionate enthusiasm, working hard. I just think, um, nah, good on him and good on Mexico. But I did think at the end there. They were looking a bit tired, and South Korea did kind of the last 15, 20 minutes look really threatening. And Hyung Som 
from um, Hong Song Min from Tottenham Hotspur scored an absolute cracking he's goal. He's so fast. I didn't realise he's so quick. He's got some serious pace about him, doesn't yeah. he? I didn't realise how quick he was until watching last night. Rapid. Like yeah. He can really Ding. run. One of the better goals of the tournament so far, I'd say. Worth looking up on YouTube. Yes. All the groups are looking pretty good. The ones which yeah. have obviously got a game left, they're all looking pretty good at the moment. There's a lot of... Um, a lot still to play for. Yeah, evenly poised, yeah. yeah. It's great. That's what you want. So there were three games last night. Belgium-Tunisia was the other one. Belgium routed Tunisia 5-2. Doubles to Eden Hazard and Romelu Lukaku. You watched this one, Bryce? Yeah, it was um, quite entertaining. Plenty of goals. I think um, Belgium were quite dominant. Uh, Lukaku scoring another two. Equal top of the golden boot now with Ronaldo. Um, and that came after and that first game they had against Panama. Uh, I read that Eden Hazard took him aside and gave him a bit of a spray or a pep talk there to setting he was hiding and really need to you know stamp his authority on the game so he's obviously responded in the best possible fashion and I, I'm going out and saying I think they're the most informed team in the comp right now I know their opposition hasn't been the strongest but they are dispatching and they're, they're doing very well scoring a lot of goals aren't they yeah, yeah they're, do, they're doing the job aren't they against the weak opposition which is what obviously the, some of the other bigger teams have struggled to do so that's good for them and that they can take that form through through the group and into the round of 16. It will be interesting. That's what I'm looking forward to is the last game against England. If England beat Panama tonight, how is that going to play off? Because obviously they'll know who they'll be facing in the round of 16 because of the fixtures the night before. So it'll be funny to... No, you have the ball. No, no, no. no you have the ball. <laughs> have the ball. <laughs> back to centre. Back to wing. It's funny you bring that up because Belgium said they're going to ring the changes in the final group game against England probably because... Well, it's come from Roberto Martinez, the manager. That's probably because they've got the two wins. They're going to progress. They're going to maybe rest players for the last, for the yeah. knockout matches. But from your experience, Alex, as a player, obviously it's the World Cup, so you want to be playing. But do you want to be rested, do you think? Do players want to be rested, or is it smart for the manager to rest the player if they get the ch- rest players if he gets the chance in a tournament like this? I or think, will it I think disrupt the flow? Well, that's it. I think because games are, are so close together, I think maybe you can rest a couple. You know, like in in the league when you play one week, one weekend, and then you don't play until the following weekend because there's quite a gap. You feel, for me especially, like when you have a bye or you don't play the following week, you do feel as though you've lost that. You've lost something, I don't know, when you don't play week that by momentum. week. Whereas this is only five days or so, so it's a quick turnaround for games. So I think resting a player every now and then, especially at this stage, if you've already got through the group, then might, especially if someone's carrying a knock, mm. definitely could well, be Lukaku's, yeah. Lukaku's one is carrying a knock, and that's the, the word that he's going to get rested. But I've got a quote, some quotes here from Martinez. He says, it will be major changes against England. Um... Football has got a strange knack of punishing you when you don't treat things professionally, blah, 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 blah. So, Ooh. yeah, basically, it's just going to be changes to the Belgium teams. All the players on the bench should get on. But I wonder how that will disrupt them or whether it will have any impact. Whether England will do the same, I don't know. But it's, I don't know, it's not really... You want to see the best players playing from a spectator point of 100%. view. So you don't want to, like... Obviously, you're there to win the tournament as a manager. I get that. But you don't want, like, a, a third group stage match between the two biggest teams, two of the biggest teams in the world. Like a bit of a dead rubber almost, yeah, don't you no, it's a bit of a shame. But I know with Lukaku having that knock, I mean, it's. I think it'd be fair to say he's probably going to miss out. But then again, you've got Batshuayi coming off the bench. Quality, great talent. He came off the bench and scored. Should have scored two or three. I thought it had plenty of chances. So as much as it, they can ring changes, the players that will come on, I think there's still quality there and it can make for a really entertaining match. So I'm just going to stay positive about that. Really. Yeah, for me, the player's got to demand to play as well. Do you know what I mean? He, he'll know himself to play whether he's Show right or hunger. not. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So if it was me, I'd 
be chewing at the bit to get, to get out there in every game. Doesn't matter, you know, how I was feeling. You're playing in the World Cup, like it doesn't come around all that often. So the big players want to play, and and they should. So I think I think the managers will will probably put them out there, and we'll see them next. And week. then there's also the question of consistency in the side and the momentum. They're killing it right now. So if they change too much, yeah. it could stall momentum or whatever. Don't know if I'm reading that into too, into it too much. I but think I feel you like are momentum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, momentum in World Cup tournaments is so important. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Imagine if they come out and smash England three 0 with the second string team, <laughs> second and they're string without team. a doubt the favourite yep. to win the tournament. But they're definitely, definitely up there now. If uh, you weren't sure about them before, you should be now because they should be uh, there. At the oh, end. They'll probably get knocked out around the sixteen. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> especially after we put that tweet poll out asking yeah, if people thought they were the favourites, and they were overwhelmingly voted in. So uh, yeah. Uh, going back to Germany, Tony Cruz said after his game, critics in Germany were hoping we'd crash out of the World Cup. Which I guess he says, I had the feeling that a lot of people would be happy in Germany if they eliminated us, but we are not going to make it easy for them. <laughs> we will not be sent to the streets easily. Um, so, yeah, and then Sweden's boss has come out and has accused the Germany bench of rubbing in the win last night, saying some of the German leaders of the team celebrated by running in our direction or rubbing it in our faces by making gestures, and that really got me annoyed and angry. There were many people on our bench that were annoyed. We fought it out for 95 minutes, and when the whistle go- final whistle goes, you shake hands and leave. So I was very Angry, rightfully so. Not nice. Saw losers, saw saw winners. Yeah, a bit of both. Emotion, uh, overriding emotion there, Al. Yeah, they've, um, they didn't take the loss in the last game very well, did they? And, and they're not they're taking the win good either. No, what's going on? The, Ger- the Germans, they were... Um, yeah, a bit of know. an attitude problem. Yeah, maybe. Mm, yeah. Not good. Anyway, um, so we'll move on to Friday's games now. And there was some big results. And I suppose the biggest news to come out of Friday surrounds... Obviously, Neymar. We'll touch on Neymar later in the podcast. But the Serbia-Switzerland game has been dragged up a bunch of controversy surrounding Zerdan Shakiri and Granit Xhaka over their goal celebrations. And FIFA has opened a disciplinary case against the two men from Switzerland who both scored in dramatic fashion against Serbia to get the win for Switzerland. So both players who are of who are ethnic Albanians and of Kosovo heritage celebrated after scoring with a gesture which appeared to imitate the eagle displayed on Albania's flag. Of course, they're playing for Switzerland, so there's a conflict of interest yeah. there, Bryce. Yeah, it's 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 a very contentious issue in the Balkans, and it's it's one of those things that's it's threatened to inflame political tensions in the area. And I just think it will be interesting to see the fallout from this properly. Um, but it's just, I mean, credit to them for scoring. They did very well, but to do that, I mean, you'd like to think politics and sport aren't connected, but I feel like they're you know, connected at the hip, really. It always seems to come to the fore, even at major tournaments. We had Socrates ages ago to make a political state for Brazil. I just think it's always there. The players have denied that their celebrations were political. Yeah, they might just be fans of birds, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Could be could be as simple as Bird that. Bird enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. It really could be as simple as that, but we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Nigeria beat Iceland 2-0, so Iceland's... Sort of been brought back down to earth, haven't they? Musa on the double, the Leicester City player. I mean, yep. didn't have an amazing season. Had a fantastic preseason, I remember, and everyone was really telling for big stuff. Didn't really eventuate for him, but on the world stage, he's, he delivered in a big way. Oh, yeah, no, they've um, they've got a nice kit. The uh, Super Eagles have a very nice kit. Know, Una- got a unanimous result. decision that it's the best kit. Yeah, in the all, World Cup. I reckon Peru's is quite nice as well. The white with the red sash. I think the. Um, that is a nice kit, actually. Yeah, yeah that is nice. But the the Socceroos warm up kit is yeah tasty. Yeah. It yeah. is. It's, it yeah, is really it's nice. It's, it's similar to the Nigeria 
Yeah, them first yeah. team kit. Yeah. yeah, and then South Korea's warm up one's quite similar as well. So Nike's going with that template. Yeah, yeah that's that's not warm up kit. Is Some really of the warm up kits are like England's warm up kit. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, the, with the red and the Real blue retro across look. The, the top yeah. and the shoulder. And that. it's lovely. Always high fashion here in shooting stars. Yeah, always talking the big topics. I wonder if you can get that Socceroos kit to buy. Now that we're talking about that, you can get. Oh, actually, but anyway, doesn't matter. Brazil beat Costa Rica two <laughs> 0 So Costa Rica. Two goals in the final moments. Not probably not <sighs> fair on them for that result, but uh, Neymar got his goal, and Philippe Coutinho got the the vital goal to go one 0 ahead, and then Neymar popped in with another one very very late on in stoppage time in the second half. Bryce. Yeah, I mean Brazil struggled to break Costa Rica down. I think the Costa Rican defence, and Kayla Navas especially in goals, was superb for them. Um, Willian wasn't very effective for Brazil again in this game. Um, I think Firmino should be coming on a lot earlier, or even replacing him. Um, Neymar had the most Neymar-esque game of all time, um, but we'll get on to that. We will get on to that later. Neymar now, with his goal, takes his tally to 56 goals for the national team and is third on the all-time list of top scorers for Brazil. Jeez. Okay. Great, great to see the VAR coming through oh, for us. Fantastic. Did a good job. Really you know, did. Over, overturned the, um, the penalty decision. What, in the, in the Australia game? No, in the Brazil game. Oh, sorry, Neymar. I didn't say that. I think it's the best. Oh, no, sorry, his dive. Yes. Yeah, 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 it's the best example. It wasn't, of it wasn't even a dive. It was works. pretty much just, I've got a touch on the chest and I'm yep. just going to fall back and yeah. lock and mop it. And and the ref, I don't know. How's the ref given a pen there? He was in know. a very good position as well. I just think this is what it, VAR needed, a real, real big moment for it to show its worth. But to I the already, public. I think it's been fine. The whole no, time. It, I, I agree it has, but such a high-profiled moment yeah, in yeah. that game, such a tense thing, and yeah. to Late go back and go, game. look, referee yeah. made a mistake, this is why we have it for these yeah. big moments. Exactly. And the right decision was ultimately made. It's a no, I guess yeah. Brazil was still good enough to get the victory after that, so it didn't stop them. So it's a shame for Costa Rica, but you're, you're dead right. And they got it in the right way by scoring legal goals rather than a, a yep. dodgy pen. That's why the VAR has been brought in to stop players like Neymar, who are of this stature, yeah. fooling us all and getting... Getting results when they're not deserved. So Brazil uh, beat Costa Rica. They should. They they're now top of their group, four points, four points with Switzerland. Yeah. Serbia on three. So going to the last game in that group, Serbia can still get out. Costa Rica are done. You would think, or oh, they are done. They mathematically yeah, can't get out the group. Yeah. Now. That was our tip, maybe to get through, just because of how well they've done at other tournaments. Boy, yeah, they've bottled down there. Never mind. So oh, Brazil, well. Brazil, and Switzerland. And you didn't like Switzerland before the start of the no, tournament. No, I'm I'm definitely a slice of humble pie there. I. I Always say the Alpine countries, Switzerland and Austria, don't do much. But I mean, True. Serbia were looking in good form. So, and they got a draw against Brazil as well, Switzerland. So, yeah, they're doing some damage and making some headlines. Two results there. All right, we'll go back on to Thursday. And this is the biggest result for us as fans was obviously the Australia Denmark game on Thursday night. And we our last episode was released on Thursday. So, we sort of previewed it. And we said we needed that big result. And unfortunately, the big result doesn't come in the form of one point. We needed the three points. We didn't get it. One all draw with Denmark. Christian Eriksen scored in the first half for Christian Eriksen and Milo Jadnak scored the goals. Al, what is your takeaway from the game, mate? Um, one thing that I saw Adam Peacock tweet actually was we keep playing well and everyone keeps saying we're playing well. Yeah. But we're sick of it. Yeah, we, we just let's get a result. You know what I mean? Like, and I think for us, for people to take us seriously you now, we, we need to get rid of this underdog title that people just like put hang over us do you know what I mean and we just yeah. need to just grab it yeah. by the the kahunas and then just just go for it and if we win ugly in a game we and let's be honest when we play Peru I don't care how we play as long as we win and that's all that matters and I think so a lot of people are maybe 
com- like thinking that we need to play all the right way or like play good football to win a game. But I don't think football comes down. It doesn't come well, down to that all the how time. How many how many games in this tournament have been like big teams haven't played well, but they're still winning? Like France haven't knocked the park out and they've got six points. Well, that's it. You, yeah. They're getting the job done, and I think that's something just we we need. To Australia just can't of. seem to do it. That's the problem at this stage. They obviously don't love the quality. They're playing so well. They're probably playing some of the best stuff we've seen them play in the last year. Let's be honest, but they still they still can't get over the line because they can't score a goal from open play. That's it. And this I think is their one big issue. They last what five international goals or in tournaments or whatever. Yet yeah, scored all all from the penalty spot. Yeah, and I think it it goes to show they're lacking firepower up front. And they've got Juric, um, Naboo starting now, and he's hurt his shoulder now, obviously, which is sad news for him. Hope he has a speedy recovery, but then Urich coming on, and you got Jackson Irvine, but and Cahill who hasn't been used yet in the World Cup. I just feel we lack firepower. If we had that top class striker, then we would be doing damage. But going to just touching upon that, the expectations of Socceroos fans is higher now, and we need results in order to progress and show that we're developing and getting better. So I think this Peru game is a huge opportunity for them to show progress. Have to win this game, yeah. man. We we look solid. We don't yeah. look like we're going to concede a lot, and that's the thing. Like Robbie Cruz has copped a lot of stick, but if you watch what he does off the ball and his defensive work rate, it's a joke. He's running everywhere. He's all over the place. Like everyone does a job. Do you know what I mean? They've all got defensively. We look sound. We don't look like we're going to concede. But like you said, just going forward, we can't we're just, score. We're just lacking that X factor. I think yeah. at the moment. Just you touched on Robbie Cruz, and I. Haven't been the biggest fan of Robbie Cruz over the past few years. You say, okay, he does a lot of work off the ball, but his final ball, and again, I'm not a player, I'm just a fan and a viewer, but he doesn't seem to have, you can never find the final pass, I don't think, and he's fr- he's so frustrating to watch from a fan's perspective, I think. Bryce, do you agree? Yeah, I'm not going to lie, when I was watching the game with the... And what's happened, boys, he's copped, he's copped so a lot of stick, and yeah. we hate to see that, and his family's copped it, and it's really not nice. It's been awful, it's been, it's been, there's that difference between constructive criticism against a player and what he needs to do better and then personal abuse and it's kind of stepped over the line. Personal. It's, it's yeah. definitely unwarranted. It's just, yeah, it's, it's shocking but the thing that, it's probably because of Arzani's coming through as well now yeah. and that's probably the thing that yeah. people are looking at now. But for, like, for me personally, I would rather see Arzani play than Cruz purely because every time Arzani got the ball when he came on you thought something was going to happen. He was, he came on, what, with 20 minutes to go and Australia looked their most dangerous when he had the ball. He's going to be some player. And I just think the but, big difference now, big test is, can he do it from the start? Okay, exactly. That's my point now. So you're saying that if, well, Azani's come on and lit up the game, if Robbie Cruz comes on for the last 20 minutes and Azani starts and does nothing, is Robbie Cruz going to come on and affect the game? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, you flip it on the other side and it could be completely different. So yeah, that's underst- the way you've got to look at it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but it's like we've seen Robbie Cruz for so long now and it's like I would just rather see... And because like you mentioned, it, we've got Azani here. I would rather see Azani and Lecky on the wings because Lecky looks dangerous oh, he as looks well. dynamite. And just having Lecky and Azani on either wing is mouth-watering from a fan's perspective. I just think that Azani has a bit more than uh, Robbie Cruz. But then touching upon that, Granty, maybe the defensive duties, yeah. that, that could be the thing that could get shown out. Yeah. Definitely. And well, that's, that's it. We'll we we look see. solid. Yeah. We don't look like we're going to... So, But we've got a striker who's not scored a goal yet or who's actually not even a striker who's like a winger. Yeah. So your strikers are the ones who score gro- score goals. They're the... Do you know what I mean? We yeah. should be looking at that problem. Score some goals, boys. Yes, Yednax obviously scored our two goals for the tournament. And this is what he had to say about his penalty after the game. Oh, look, it's about staying concentrated. Uh, regardless, today there was a little bit of 
trying to get put off by the goalkeeper, but you know it is what it is. You've got to maintain that little bit of calmness, know where you're going to put the ball and uh, look for any subtle movements he may make that, that might change your mind. But um, look, it's, it's, it's what you do, what, you, what you're entrusted to do, and I'm just thankful that it went in today. Yes, so are we, Millet. He loves the Peno. Yes, he does. He's good. And you, you mentioned it to us off air that um, he never scores the best penalties where he like smash it into the top corner. He always seems to just like literally just beat the keeper. The keeper will yeah. die the wrong way. It's just mind games. He know he waits until that keeper makes the move and just puts it puts it next to it. But that's sixteen now from sixteen for club and country. Never miss one. Unblemished record for Milay mm-hmm. Yednak. Cool as I. Despite all the pressure from Casper as well, trying to put him <laughs> off, you could see him shouting, Melee! Yeah. Melee! He was right in his face, wasn't he? That yeah. was, it was funny, and I just think everyone just had confidence in Melee. It's just like, you know, that's not going to work with In this case bloke. any of the listeners didn't see it, the Danish keeper, when Melee Yadnak stepped up for his penalty, really got in his face and was giving him abuse and saying see, all sorts of stuff, and he kept his cool and then beat him and then gave him a bit of lip back on well, his run back. That's it. If I was Yadnak, I would have been right in the face of uh, Schmeichel and would have been giving him a bit of stick. But yeah, just stand there in front of him and <laughs> give him a bit large. of stick. Ronnie yeah. would have just stood there. Yeah. yeah. See! <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so hopefully Australia just, I want them to say, I said it in the last podcast, attacking changes more than defensive changes are needed. And I think if we can't get a win in this World Cup, it'll be, I don't know, it won't, sit, it won't be nice. I feel we definitely deserve No, we'd be very a, disappointing. A it'd be yeah. a failure. If we don't get a win, yeah. it'll be a failure because yeah. we didn't at the last World Cup and four years later we need to show progression and yeah. And another big talking point out of the game is Tim Cahill didn't get on people are wondering why Bert Van Marwijk didn't bring him on uh, he brought on Tommy Urich in the 80th minute um, instead of Cahill and obviously there's arguments that there's the greatest ever goal scorer in Australian history sitting on the bench and there's one time in the tournament that we needed him and that was probably the time and all that uh, but he didn't bring him on caused a bit of uproar I personally would have liked to see him. I was calling for Cahill to come on like many people. What do you guys think about this whole There's situation? ever a time to bring Tim Cahill on, it's 10 minutes when you're chasing a goal. And I think that was the moment for him to come on. Jackson Irvine came on. He's always live and I do think he's a threat. Nothing against him at all. But it, it, it was an interesting decision. Very strange. Alex? Look, the manager's gone with what he thinks best and, and that's it at the end of the day. I, yeah. like, I don't really have an opinion. Fair enough. Have an opinion on it, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah he's he's gone with Jorich instead of Cahill. Look, we all know, yeah, what what Cahill can do. So that it'd be good to see him. I wonder why he's not picking Cahill because I feel like Postecoglou would have picked Cahill straight away. That would have been the first change he would have made. But well, maybe it goes down to that. Like Postecoglou understands Cahill's role a bit more. Bert's not been with this squad for very long. Mm. Um, and Postecoglou saw firsthand what he can do. So maybe you know, I don't know. But they did have a chat. It was well. Um, Covered by uh, Dan Garb talking about they had a chat with the squad. Everyone's sitting down, just had a very open chat about the game and decisions. And Cahill had a bit of a talk at training. Was this before or after? This is after. This is after the game. So just a bit of a fallout. So Burvan Marwak and the players all had a big chat after the game. After training, sat them down. They all had a talk. Apparently Cahill had plenty to say, but nothing, no malice or anything. Just it was just a quite open discussion. But um, it's interesting to see that, and uh, you hadn't seen that kind of stuff from Burt before this. Nah, well. He hasn't used him at all, so maybe, hopefully, he gets on and scores or something in the last game. I don't think it's likely, though. Been a bit of a national outrage, hasn't it? Everyone's been up and up, get Cahill on. Yeah. Fair enough, but yeah, it's just who knows whether it's the right decision or not. And some injury news. I feel like we jinxed this guy. Oh. Some injury news out of the Australia game. Andrew Naboo's gone and innocuously 
dislocated his shoulder in yeah. rather yeah. strange fashion. And Everyone on shooting stars just like we'll to apologise. Yeah, we'll put our, put our hand, hand up. up. Sorry, up. mate. Sorry, Sorry um, Andrew. We had a big, uh, big chat about dislocating shoulders in the last episode, yeah. and, and we bigged him up. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, eh? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's strange because Gareth Southgate's done his shoulder. Oh, now the booze done his. What is happening? Yeah, so epidemic. What's going on with these weak shoulders? So apologies to you, Andrew Naboo. Get well soon, but we won't be seeing him again in the tournament. No. So there will be changes in the attacking third for Australia. What they will be, we'll have to wait and see. All right, we'll uh, we'll move on to England now. And in more injury news from England, Delhi Ali is out for England against Panama as Gareth Southgate reveals his squad. So yeah, Ali's picked up a knock and now Ali won't feature in the third game. Has he done his shoulder as well? No, I don't think so. He's oh. just missed training, undergone a scan. Um, so, yeah, that will, will that mean Marcus Rashford comes into the team. Yeah, I mean, I've just looked at Delhi's Instagram. He's just said, frustrating to have picked up a slight injury on Monday. We'll do everything in my power to get back to full fitness. ASAP, hashtag, three lines. There you go. Hope, yeah, I mean, he's such an exciting talent, and I think he's very crucial to England's squad because he's got that creativity in midfield where it's... I think in the midfield they do lack a bit of creativity. Very solid defensively and can play a pass, but he's that creative spark for them, so hopefully he gets back as soon as possible. Yeah. Do you think he really influences the game much, though? He can drift in and out, but he's given that license to roam and do what he wants. He's more about making runs and doing in-behind runs and that sort of stuff, isn't he? Linking up maybe one-touch passes, but he's not the type of player that get his foot on the ball and... Send it, send a forty-yard pass. Yeah, he was. I'm going to say a bit underwhelming for Tottenham this season. I think that bar and expectation has been set quite high for him after his previous couple of seasons. But what did you make of his performance in the game against Tunisia, Granty? I think he does all right. I think for me, he he goes missing sometimes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, he 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 just drifts in and out a bit too much, and you know you don't you see him. And but when he's on the ball, he's tidy, and he has got that that ability to find the killer pass or even just get you a goal. So. He's he's a good asset to have, but like we said, whether he'll play or not. One thing I did find funny was the um, it wasn't really Gareth Southgate, was it, who who announced the squad or released the squad? I know it was um, someone from the media. That's yeah, a bit of a leak. Yeah, yeah we've, oh, we've really? had it. Yeah, yeah. We've, had it, we've had. I don't know if you read it. We had a leak in the England squad where um, a member of the press uh, with a long lens has actually taken a photograph from afar. Um, of Steve Holland holding what <laughs> appeared to be the starting lineup of <laughs> espionage <laughs> England's team, so that was funny. That is ridiculous. Yeah, um, I doubt that guy will ever be allowed back near the England. <laughs> oh England God, no. again. Oh, so the squad's been leaked because they've sort of crafted it here on this article I'm reading that Southgate has revealed his squad, but it's not not the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they're going to play it off as. Oh no, I was just revealing it to the public. I thought I'd get it out of training. Far out. Yeah. That's what you you don't want. No, you don't. No, no, not not in a World Cup. You got to keep all your cards close to your chest. That's it. You should change everything now, like put Pickford up exactly. front or something like that. Like, really, really throw them about. <laughs> they had it all figured out. All right. Um, I reckon now we're gonna we're gonna test out a new segment here. Uh, this one is brought to you by Bryce Conway himself. It's time for Bryce's beef. Alrighty, Bryce. Great ending to that. So this is called Bryce's Beef. Bryce, run us through yes. the parameters of this segment, mate. All right, I'm going to take a player, a moment, a team, just anything happening at the World Cup in the past few days that I've got a bit of beef with. 
Something I don't enjoy. It grinds my gears. And this time it's shock horror. Neymar. Pot noodle head. Pot noodle man. He had the most Neymar-esque game I've ever seen. A blatant dive for a peno. Called players puto right under the ref's nose. No punishment. Got told to shut up by the ref and then had a chat with the ref at the at half time in the tunnel. And then, which is, I mean, it was great to see him get told to shut up by the ref. I think he <laughs> dealt with it really well. But then, and then he, and then when Coutinho scores, like, yeah, he's happy, and he's, but, but he's, he wasn't smiling. He's like, oh, it wasn't me. I haven't got my goal. It's not about me. So then, of course, he has to go and score, shut me up a little bit. <laughs> and then he, but then it, at the full whistle sits in the middle and weeps. Yeah. I understand it's a big moment for you and your country and there's a bit of passion and effort involved, but all, in my opinion, all it looked like was him just putting the narrative and cameras back on him and That's, making another yeah. headline for himself. And I, I just can't stand him. I didn't understand the whole crying and yeah. the end of the game kind Neither of thing afterwards. And that's like... That's why I asked for a second opinion. I tweeted Steve Smith, you know, because he's another person who's <laughs> been known for, for crying on, on But a Justin Timberlake cry me a river business. You know, it? so I asked him. He didn't get back to me, unfortunately. But, Steve, <laughs> if you're listening, it would be great if you could I mean, tweet me back. No, what else is he doing? You're right, though. The Neymar crying on the pitch <laughs> ties in with what we said in the episode before he did it. Was It's always about him and it's always making everything about him and the pundits on ESPN talk about it all the time. Yep. and. He really made it about him in that game, didn't he? He he did, and it just it, it enrages me. I don't like him, as we've discussed previously on the pod, probably very well known to our listeners by now, but it was just another example of why I don't like him. And, and that's my beef. And that is Bryce's beef. It's time for Bryce's beef. <laughs> you got a great voice, Alex, when you put that together, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Are you for hire? Opa! Hey, oh! Who's I feel like it's got to be Greek in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Russian slash Greek. All right. Um, you need a talent manager, Grant. I do. Yes. Need some representation. Yes. <laughs> World in other quirky news. The World Cup is on pace for penalty kick record with the use of the VAR. So many penos. Yep. Is there like eight or nine so, so far? So many pens, so many free kicks, so yeah. many last minute winners. It's fantastic. It's got the it's good. It's been such a good... Even my mum said, actually, Kathy, big shout out to you again. Um, she said to me last night, how good has this World Cup been? And I was mm. like, well, you've been watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm watching it all again. Pleasantly surprised. But no, no. It, it has been a great World Cup and all the all my mates are kind of in, don't watch a lot of football. They've been very interested in it and I think... It's great to see how much the uh, game can spread and people are enjoying it. So Carlos Vela's penalty in Mexico's match with South Korea yesterday was the 14th spot kick awarded so far this tournament, meaning there has now been a penalty once every two games with 11 of the penalties having been successfully converted. Well, there you go, Granty, from a defender's point of view, what do you make of so many penos? It's good. It is good. Sorry, he asked Grant, he didn't ask you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You've never given away a pen, so you can't answer. Go on. What's no, the feeling um, like when you give away a oh, pen? Oh, it's the worst. You just, you want to dig a big hole in the ground and just jump in it. And oh, How many pens have you given away? Um, I had one overturned a couple of years ago um, against Newcastle Jets at home. And it was, was it not, was his name Nordstrand? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. he's done. Yeah, the done, yeah, yeah. yeah he, um, he pulled me down. Mm. And he came down with me, and the linesman thankfully overturned it. Um, I can't remember any off the top of my head, but it is. It is there's no, yeah, there's no worse of feeling. Starting getting sent off. Oh. Is it one of those things you got to go to Rocket and be like, mate, sorry about that? 
not even you, yeah. you know when you've made it like if it's soft then you you're raging yeah. that's the difference like when you genuinely know you've given away a penalty you're like just got to take it on the chin even though you're really disappointed but what? when someone goes down easily and you see it and you know they've, they've dived or gone down soft oh there's nothing worse it just oh it rages so you can really tell by the defender's initial reaction to the decision that's a pretty good indication of whether it was a penalty or not yeah yeah, yeah without a doubt uh, what's the worst feeling getting a red card or giving away a penalty or getting a giving away Oof. a penalty and getting a red card <laughs> the doublet <Yeah. laughs> well how many, when, red, how many red cards have you got only one at glory I okay. probably had two Two, three, two, two or three in my career. Yeah. yeah, I think giving away a red, like giving a, getting a red in a game, is a lot worse. Because for me, I just feel like you've let the team down. You know, you can't when you give away a pen, it kind of gives you that. You know, you want to get back and yeah, make you, up you for it, kind of thing. You know, fight. so you yeah. you're up for all the corners. You're trying to get on the end of everything just to like redeem yourself. Whereas when you're a, when you get a red and you get something, you can't do anything then, can you? You're in the you're having an early shower, so. And you just sat in the change room, and then the, if you get sent off before half time, which I have done in the past, you um, the lads come in and you're all like, "Sorry, lads," like you know, <laughs> and they're like, "Don't worry about it, don't worry about it, come on, boys." Like we're gonna, you know, but yeah, there's nothing worse. Yes, but in plenty of uh, plenty of penalties thus far, I doubt they're gonna they're gonna keep going. Yeah, no. we could have twenty or so. Yeah. Um, and finally, football fans planning to watch Russia take on Uruguay in the World Cup on giant outdoor screens in Moscow have been told to uh, don't go there because there's going to be potential overcrowding. Mm. Plenty of fans, obviously, at the World Cup. Not good for the the makers and the organisers, I guess. Alrighty, boys, that is us for episode six of the Shooting Zars World Cup podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Zars Shooting, or subscribe to us on uh, uh, iTunes if you're listening through that. Please do. Any feedback would be much, much appreciated. We'll be back in the coming days with a big interview. Alex, can you tell us who we may be talking to? Oh, just the one and only Josh Ridden of the Socceroos, who's absolutely shredding it this this World Cup, which is, uh, yeah, it'll be great to have Josh on the show. Already getting offers from uh, Russia, I mm. hear. A few clubs and around Europe, so can't wait to hear what he has to say. We'll ask him all about it, uh, and that'll be brought to you in the next episode, episode seven of the podcast. But thank you, gents. Thanks for being here, as per usual. Absolute pleasure. We'll be back soon. Here comes Tim Kaye.